Welcome to episode 13 of How to CE5, where over the course of 21 episodes, we're covering 21 basic things for you to do so that you can be a great CE5 ambassador and make contact with ETs. I'm Andre Cardoso, and today we'll be talking about what to expect out in the field. How does ET contact manifest? And this is the topic everybody wants to get to first, right? Uh, What happens? Am I going to meet an extraterrestrial? Can I see a flying saucer? We'll get into that. But first, I want to say that while the manifestations of contact are awesome and a critical part of CE5, they are not everything. So far, we have been emphasizing good preparation and a clear group intention and coherence as paramount to the whole experience. When you have good prep and a clear intent, everything else just falls into place without a huge focus on expectations, but more of a focus on openness. All right, so the rest of this episode, we'll just be going over different types of contact that you can experience while engaging in CE5. Most of these I have personal experience as well. A lot of the following types of contact are mentioned in the book, Contact Countdown to Transformation. That book has tons of personal accounts to these different ways that ETs are able to connect with us. So just like in the previous episode, we can think about some of the ways that we signal out to ET are ways that they also respond back to us. So with the CE5 trilogy is sound, light, and thought or consciousness. So of course the ETs can connect with us and confirm contact back to us in a, in a similar variety of ways, either visibly, audibly, through consciousness and in thought, or through a variety of our physical senses. So first I'll go over how they can connect with us audibly or through sound. Now this one is really interesting to me. I'm, I'm really a sound person. I'm very interested in sound. You're listening to my voice right now, and that's the way that we're connecting. You might also be watching this on a video, but the way that I'm communicating primarily to you is through sound. So ETs can, with their technology, emit sounds in our natural environment or in whatever environment that we are doing CE5, whether it's indoors or outdoors. They can produce sound electronically electronic sounding sounds, you actually might hear the sound of voices or different kinds of speech patterns that might come through. And you might actually hear the sound of an extraterrestrial craft if it emits any sound. Or um, there might also be sound around us in our natural environment that may be related to ET contact, where they actually have some kind of interface with the nature around us, such as the plants or the animals around us. Now, this can be very bizarre to experience and points to some of the high strangeness aspects of doing ET contact work. One of my first experiences in doing CE5 in a group was my first night actually out with a group doing field work. And we went out to our site and formed the circle. And immediately when we formed the circle and getting ready to sit down, we started hearing these electronic tones coming in through the air that were not being broadcast or played by anybody around us in the group. We didn't have any electronic devices on us. Nobody um, was playing anything. And these sounds were coming out of out of thin air, like from, from different directions in the atmosphere around us. And what was really interesting was that 
some of us in the group could hear the tones and some of us didn't. And some of us only heard some of the tones. So these were like high-pitched, electronic, almost melodic-sounding lines of, uh, of sound um, that I wouldn't be able to mimic. Maybe I can find someone who can uh, help me illustrate what they kind of sounded like. But they're, yeah, very high-pitched, almost like a squeal, but not. And definitely very, um, there was a definite pattern to it where it was electronic-sounding. Um, not a, a bug or anything flying around. And this only happened for like maybe the first 10 minutes of us sitting down where we are getting these sounds kind of just coming into the circle from different directions. And um, it was very, these some of these sounds were very clear. I could hear them very clearly, clear as day. Um, and I just thought it was so bizarre how somebody sitting right next to me didn't hear them at all. So that's one way that they can actually produce sound without the need of any electronic devices that we bring or anything like that. They'll, they're actually able to communicate in that way um, as a way of signaling that they're here. Um, and some sounds can carry different informational codes that are different kind of downloads that we can process internally. Another example is that I've been in a group where people in the group have heard the sound of, of footsteps nearby or voices where there, when there are obviously no other people around us where, where we're in a very desolate location. And there are records of very strange phenomena like that, which in connection with CE5, we can oftentimes make the connection um, as to whether there is some kind of uh, presence of extraterrestrial contact where we hear a voice that's like very not human sounding, for example. Another way that is really one of the most nuanced ways that the ETs can communicate with us is through electronic devices such as EMF receivers, magnetometers, radar detectors, uh, radios, radio transceivers like walkie-talkies. So I've been in groups on, on various occasions where these devices, we bring them with us and they're open to receiving signals and normally they only respond to to signals that are emitted, you know, that are being sent out from, from humans. We're picking up a radio signal from a broadcast, for example, or in the case of magnetometers, you're detecting electromagnetic field changes. And so, for example, you have a magnetometer out and all of a sudden these tones start coming through and they're going in a pattern and um, almost sound expressive, like a voice is coming through, like uh, or like um, there's some kind of series or sequence coming through that's like there's like this information being transmitted or there's some kind of um, pattern to how it comes in like just as if you're receiving light from the sky and it flashes three times or you might hear a sound that's like through your walkie-talkie it's like one two three a lot of the times um, a pattern that we've seen in our group is that that one two three pattern signals we are here that they're letting us know that they're here and they're connected with us and they're um, locked on to our group and our consciousness and our intent to connect with them. Sometimes you'll be able to actually get an interaction through these devices where you can have a conversation with them or where the ETs actually respond to the conversation that is happening in real time in the group. So if we're talking about a certain subject, the ETs might chime in to put emphasis on a certain thing. And it's, it's really amazing. Awesome stuff.
there's actually so many examples of different ways that they can come in and communicate through sound that I don't even have a chance to go over, but we'll get into in later episodes on my own experiences that I've had in this area. Another way that the ETs can connect and manifest to us is visibly where we see things like a light or a craft in the sky or a light nearby or actually seeing different kinds of light very close to us that might be scintillating or where we see kind of an aura or a glow in certain areas that can be very visible to the naked eye. And the more time you spend outside in the dark, the more you can actually train your eyes to be able to see some of these things more clearly. So this kind of connects into what, you know, people might associate with this kind of activity or seeing a UFO, you know, like what do you think when you're like, oh, I'm going to, I just saw a UFO. You're thinking, oh, okay, I saw something in the sky. I saw a craft or I saw a light that was going by like a satellite and then made a right angle turn and went out into space or something that might be going incredibly fast or, you know, did something really impossible for any other kind of aircraft that we have available to us as humans. Now, of course, in this area and in all areas of where we're looking for ET contact, we have to practice discernment and be able to judge whether we're seeing an aircraft, an airplane, or a satellite, or a drone. Nowadays, drones can do all kinds of things. They can make all kinds of maneuvers and flash different kinds of lights and these kinds of things, um, different kinds of electric, electronic gliders, uh, remote-controlled gliders, and these kinds of things. Now, some of these are very distinctive, like a lot of, we've had orbs where, you know, there's like a ball of light that just appears in the sky and might stay there stationary for a while and then and flash or flash in some kind of sequence. We've had things that look very similar to satellites or meteors or shooting stars, where in this case, we would call them an alleged meteor or an alleged shooting star because... In some cases, if we're not able to figure out and check a, uh, a satellite chart really quickly or to check uh, if there's a meteor shower on or that kind of thing, we might not be certain. So, we, you know, it's an alleged shooting star, an alleged satellite. Sometimes these things that look like a satellite might end up doing something which is very not satellite-like and where it would be more presumptive to for us to assume that there is some kind of intelligent control going on there, that, it, that this is not a satellite and is in fact some something that might be extraterrestrial or might be interacting with us and communicating with us um, in how they're manifesting. And yeah, and then when we consider a visible activity that happens a little bit closer to us than way far up in the sky, it's actually possible that ETs might come to near full materialization or partial materialization or kind of be crossing in between dimensions in the etheric and astral forms where we're actually able to see them visibly before they are able to cross into 3D physical hard material. And that kind of visible manifestation is really varied. Um, there are many different ways that this can happen. You may see a craft that is very close to materialization visibly with your eye. You may see a glow of light or a glow of a figure of, of someone of a being that might be standing nearby or moving nearby, 
one of the reasons that we haven't had a whole lot of physical manifestation of ET beings where you see them and in full, you know, hard physical form is because I'd acknowledge special access projects that have surveillance systems around the planet to detect neutrino light may actually interfere with our CE5 activity if there is some kind of crossing of dimensions from one of these craft or beings into full physical form. And that may send out a flag, which uh, might end up in disruption to our CE5 outing. So the ETs know this and they are on the side of caution and connect with us in whatever way is safe for us and for them. And a lot of the time that means that they're interacting with us in slightly more subtle forms. But a lot of the time it is still really visible for a lot of people in the group to see. And every time I've gone out with a group where we go out for a week-long session, there will invariably be at least one sighting of, you know, some kind of visible contact that happens where everybody in the whole group sees it and it just, you know, rings like a bell and it's amazing to have the whole group experience something altogether like that. Just for example, on the last major CE Vive event that I went to, which was um, last month actually, on the fourth or fifth night we had two craft, like, that were moving in the same direction and they were right above us. They were large and they had like a, a gold color to them. These were not um, satellites. These were not part of that, the Starlink system, which we did see and were able to distinguish the new satellites that were recently launched by Elon Musk um, that are quite a sight to see. These were not those, but these were two golden craft that were gliding right above our heads and everybody in the group was looking up at them and one of them got brighter and and then disappeared and then the other one got brighter and disappeared and they were um you know it was like this beautiful sequence they weren't getting bright as a reflection of light this was well into the night and there was no um the sun was not shining on them but that was something the whole group experienced and it was completely awe-inspiring and besides audible and visible manifestations of contact, there are a variety of other physical expressions of contact that can come through and manifest. These might include a change of temperature or um, a distinct aroma, a smell coming into the area where we might be practicing CE5 or the physical sensation of being touched. This has happened multiple occasions in the history of CE5 and has actually happened in groups that I've worked with. And I've actually had the sensation of being touched during a CE5 fieldwork session as well. And while I thought it was me just imagining it, there was later a confirmation from the person who was sitting next to me that saw a glow of light behind me in the area where I was feeling the pressure, in the area where I was feeling the touch at the same time that I was feeling it. Um, and I only found out that somebody else saw that the next day, but that was really confirming for me that I was actually having uh, a contact experience there where it felt like I was being physically touched. As far as a change in temperature goes, um, yeah, the ETs can make it so that if you're out in a really cold place, for example, all of a sudden the temperature seems like it goes up 10 or 15 degrees and all of a sudden you're you're taking your jacket off as, and it feels a lot warmer. 
this has happened a couple of times, um, really bizarre. <laughs> and then, you know, once that aspect of contact kind of ends, it just immediately cools down again and you have to put your jackets back on. It's a really strange way that this, this kind of thing has happened sometimes. Sometimes during contact, if you have a compass or something, that there'll actually be like a change in the magnetic field of where we are, where instead of pointing north, all of a sudden the compass is pointing in the opposite direction, or it's turning very slowly as if there's some kind of vortex or field going on. Okay, so we've covered audible manifestations of contact, visible, and some of the other physical expressions that might come into play when making contact with extraterrestrials. Another way that they connect with us is just as we put out the intention to connect with them, they can connect with us in consciousness and in thought and on a real deep um, emotional level. While we're out in the field doing the CE5 protocols and connecting with them or in the dream state when we also have another opportunity to connect with the extraterrestrials in consciousness. Some of the ways this happens is where we might actually merge into physical space with another ET being, where we can actually feel really connected. And this can happen in a way where we actually invite them to connect really close to us, where we can feel their presence nearby, or you can actually see a glow of them visibly or or maybe it's just sensing a presence, um, but where you can um, feel a change in temperature just by putting your hand in a certain area, or where there's actually some kind of interaction with our physical bodies and a physical sense of connecting um, and actually holding um, a, a shared space with another being. And we can have all kinds of information come through during that kind of experience or a feeling of energy and um, a level of co connection um, on a heart-to-heart -heart level. We might, um, in conjunction with other aspects of, of contact, such as visible and audible experiences, receive communication in thought form when there is a visible manifestation that happens or, or there's audible tones coming through that might be coming through one of our own devices, such as a magnetometer. So say the magnetometer is going off in a certain sequence, we might actually be able to intuit and um, pick up on what that communication is and how there might actually be a kind of communication happening in thought form and on an energetic level that we can connect with and understand and integrate on some level. A lot of us, we've actually perceived that the ET civilizations that we're connecting with are interested in helping us realize what power we have as individuals to do work to affect the field of consciousness around the earth and what we can do to help establish a healing and, you know, put positive energy and, and focused attention on the earth at this time where the ETs might connect with us and help magnify whatever intention we have for our meditation or a prayer for the transformation of the earth towards a state where humanity can live in complete peace and harmony with each other and with all of the beings and all of life on the planet, as well as bringing us closer together so that we can live in a way we're able to connect with extraterrestrials as well, more and more in the future. 
Now there are different elements that coincide with how the ETs can connect with us on a level of consciousness and thought. And this goes into our protocol of doing coherent thought sequencing, intending and practicing ways of remotely perceiving other locations and remotely perceiving extraterrestrials and um, connecting with them and remotely communicating with them in a telepathic way. And we get confirmation from those remote communications in a collective sense where confirmation can come in an auditory way, in a visible way, in a way where someone else in the group confirms something that we've seen or something that we've intuited. This points to how important it is for all the group members to communicate with each other during the session and share openly what they're experiencing because a lot of contact can be happening on a consciousness level. And when we share with each other, it's actually, it can be really surprising how confirming certain experiences are and how things can magnify when we connect and share with the group. A lot of the time, I think the ETs actually want us to share. They're actually looking to see how well we are at communicating with each other and how coherent we can be as a group entity to see how we can learn to do this and actually affect the morphogenetic field of humanity and going into these experiences and confirming them for each other, we make it easier for the same thing to happen again elsewhere on the planet for other people. And of course, another aspect of communicating and connecting with ETs in consciousness is in connecting with them in the dream state. And I've covered this in a previous episode. I'll have a link to that episode in the description of this episode as well. So again, connecting with extraterrestrials and making ET contact in the dream state is one of the most common ways that we can connect with them. And again, I stress the importance of looking for verification and confirmation during your waking state that that was actually ET contact and not just a hallucination or an imagination in your dream. Same thing goes for when you're receiving communication or some kind of perceived contact during your waking state when you're receiving communication in thought or consciousness form, always look for some kind of verification so that it can ground your experience and you can go forward from there. Okay, thanks so much for listening. I've tried to cover a lot in this episode um, and I'll be going deeper into a lot of these different ways in future episodes as well. If you enjoyed this episode, please Go and listen to some of the other episodes. I have lots of episodes that cover all aspects of CE5. I also do interviews with people about their own experiences in doing CE5, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Go back and listen to those. Share, subscribe, like, do all of those things to help affect the algorithm and make it so that more people can hear about this awesome stuff that we're doing that everybody has the capacity to do as well. I have a free PDF explaining the ins and outs of how to get going with CE5 really quickly. You can find that at the website ce5podcast.com. And I also recommend that you check out the new documentary film called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, Contact Has Begun. Look for it online. It's probably on one of your favorite platforms that you can watch. It's an awesome documentary, two-hour film, all about Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, all about the stuff that we cover in this podcast. So go check it out. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next one.